Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Ali. Hi, Michelle. I was doing like a fake smile, and then you said, hi, Ali, and I couldn't help but real smile. (laughs) I know my voice actually sounded really good that time, too. Yeah. I wonder what the, I I want someone to write like, um, like a sheet music of like what that little melody that you do actually look like. (laughs) I know there's probably some like, um, software or something you can sing Mm -hmm. to it. It'll just write it. There probably is. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see if we can figure it out for for next time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to make a great sticker. Like just that as like a little bar of music that would make such a cute sticker. Yeah, for sure. How funny. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So on what day was it? October 19th, I think it was. Mm -hmm. 18th, 19th, whatever that day was. I called you on my way back from a surprise that my daughter did for me for my birthday, Mm -hmm. which was the weekend prior. I did not know what we were going to. I knew it was at Buffalo. I knew it was at the UB Center for the Arts. But that's all I knew. And I was sworn and I promised I would not look it up to see where she was taking me Uh, Mm. because she wanted it to be a surprise. And so I wanted her to have that surprise. So I let other people look it up and tell me that, you know, not tell me what it was, but like, oh, you're going to love that kind of thing. So I met her for dinner and she said, have you do you know where we're going yet? I said, no, I actually don't because I promised you I wouldn't look it up. And I didn't. She said, well, do you want to know? I said, well, yeah, of course I do. And so she took me to the Distinguished Speaker Series at UB Center for the Arts, mm-hmm. which was um, Amy Schneider, who is the woman who has, I think she has the most wins after Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. She won 40 straight days in a row. Wow. Oh, and she's been back for like tournaments of champions and stuff like that. And somewhere around the, the um, $1.5 million mark that she won on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. She also has the distinction of being a trans woman, and she mm-hmm. talks about that too. And her talk was super awesome. Like she has, you know, she's she just wrote a book, and I I have the book. I haven't started reading it yet, so I can't talk specifically about that. But in her talk, she mentioned the fact that she's riding this wave of celebrity right now because she can right so she wrote the book while she still has some recognition in the community etc and also that she has a past where she uh, she said something along has had a lot of sex has dealt with drugs and alcohol abuse and all of this in her past a lot of which came about by not even realizing earlier on that the feelings within herself was the need to be outwardly a woman because that's what she was feeling inside but she didn't even know that's what it was because she was raised in a way that that's not possible right so like having all these relations realizations everything it was she was entertaining she was delightful it was poignant I cried I laughed like the whole nine yards right and then afterwards my daughter bought me a book I got in line she signed my book happy birthday Michelle and it was very nice she was wonderful there was a lot, there were a lot of things that she said that were inspirational, of course, when somebody's giving a talk in the Distinguished Speaker Series, it's going to be some, some nuggets of inspiration, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
But the one thing she said, which really struck me, was coming out as a trans person, as scary as it was, was an amazing experience. And she hoped that every single one of us had an opportunity to come out as something. Not necessarily as trans, not necessarily as whatever, but that we had an opportunity in our lives to come out as something. And I thought, what an interesting thought. And I thought back over, have I had an opportunity in my life? What have I come out as in my life? And I played through a bunch of stuff. And then I called you in the car and I was like, oh, this idea, Allie, right? <laughs> and I wasn't sure how you'd take the idea either because, you know, thoughts going through my own head don't always translate when I tell them <laughs> to other people. <laughs> but the idea that I had is, and I, I even tweeted about this, I think last month at some point that my story of allyship is not about me, right? Mm-hmm. Allyship is not about the person who is the ally. It's about the community that you are an ally to. However, it is a little about you because it's you, it's your head, it's your thoughts inside your own head. And in some cases, there's no like coming out as an ally. You just are raised that way. You are who you are. You are raised to understand why you as a family or your family or you, however you, you're, you know, you're raised into allyship. But a lot of us don't have that kind of a background. I was not raised as a bigot. I was not raised to be prejudiced. I was not raised as a racist. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have those things in my history as a human being. And we've talked about that before. So for me to state publicly my allyship in a community like WordPress was not a big deal. But to my father, who's a right, who was a right-wing conservative person, I literally had to stand my ground for him to understand why allyship was important to me. And so in a way, I had to come out as an ally to my dad. And I think that there are a lot of people who have an even more black and black to white or stark, you know, change in their lives of pre-publicly ally to post-publicly ally and what that looks like and how even though allyship isn't about the person being open about your allyship sometimes is Mm -hmm. and it can be in certain circumstances dangerous in certain families in certain communities and I think it was last month or two months ago. I lose track of time. Time is just such a social construct that I don't understand sometimes. But not too long ago, there was a woman who was shot dead in her store. She had a shop. She flew a rainbow flag outside of that shop. And somebody walked into the shop and shot her dead. She was not a gay person. She was not a trans person. She was a white cis female who was shot dead for being an ally. Mm-hmm. So being and, an ally can be dangerous. It's not as dangerous as being the person, right? Mm-hmm. Being part of the community itself, but definitely has those tendencies. And so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there and, and get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Her name was Laura Ann Carlton. I just looked it up and Thank I wanted you. to say her name. Um, and you're right. It's not, <clears throat> what I will say is it's not always as dangerous. I mean, in her case, it was as dangerous. Like she she mm-hmm. lost her life and there are a lot of queer people who lose their lives when they come out. Um, but it's the difference is that, um, this doesn't happen 
very frequently, right? Like her instance was was very kind of out of the ordinary. Um, Statistically speaking, it's much less dangerous to be an ally than it is to be in the community itself. Absolutely. And like, yeah, when you called me with this idea, I was just like, yes, absolutely. I mean, like I found the first idea of like everyone should be able to come out somehow. I found that to be really interesting. And it definitely made me think about like, well, what have I come out as um, or been able to come out as? And like, even though I identify as bisexual, I haven't really come out to people that way like if it comes up I I mention it um if it's necessary I mention it but um I haven't really come out to like my family or anything because it's just never particularly I'm in a heterosexual uh presenting relationship so it's just kind of never come up to my family um Mm -hmm. so I've still been trying to think of a way that I've like come out and I still can't really think of anything um (laughs) but I'm my life is not over like I'm sure I'll have that maybe there's something in my future that will happen that I can come out Mm -hmm. as. Um, And, um, you know, the idea that you can come out as an ally makes a lot of sense to me because there are definitely people in my life who have gone through that, who I've watched go through that um, to varying effects and varying degrees, right? Like I went to high school with, um, these two guys, they were best friends. They've known each other since they were babies. And I got to be really good friends with them. And they grew up in, uh, they weren't Catholic. I think they were Protestant. I can't remember what denomination, but they grew up very Christian to the point where like, they did not come hang out with us after school because they were always doing like after school church activities. And they only listened to Christian music and they did not swear you know, they, they were, this was their whole life was their religion. And that was how they were raised. And it was really interesting being friends with them as a teenager, because, you know, I didn't believe in all of that stuff necessarily. Um, And they were always very respectful of the fact that I didn't believe in all of that stuff. And we had our, you know, our ways where our paths diverged in in terms of what we chose to spend our time doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was 15 years ago. And I've I've stayed connected with both of them. And I recently got to speak with both of them. And they have both since deconstructed. They've both since moved away from the church for various mm-hmm. reasons. And now are going through that process of like, I had a conversation individually with each of them that was like a coming out of like, well, how, how did that happen for you? What are you feeling about that? Like, you know, this very kind of emotional, therapeutic, almost conversation about that journey and where they stand now and how much better they feel or how challenging it was with their parents. And, you know, one of them was like, when they go home to visit their family, they still go to church with their parents because that's what makes them happy. Mm -hmm. But like, they're not as into it anymore. And it's been a really interesting process to see them come out as not Christian anymore. Um, And so it's even it was even less about allyship. And it was more about like, I'm choosing to see the world in a different way. I'm choosing to, you know, leave this community that I've had Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And that's what one of them actually said to me was like, I realized that what I valued about the church was the community. And I could find community in lots of other places, you know, which I thought was a really beautiful sentiment. Um, A friend of my husband's was raised in a very similar fashion, Cuban, Catholic, Republican. 
And starting in around 2016, he and Greg would have some phone calls and he would just kind of be like, what's going on? Like, Mm -hmm. people are really angry and I don't understand it. And it was conversations he couldn't have with anyone else. But it very much made me think of like a young queer person, maybe talking to an older person of like, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling these things. I'm having these thoughts. I don't feel right in where I am. Where are you? Like, I need to learn about this dissonance that I'm feeling so Mm -hmm. that I can understand it. And I don't know a lot about his sort of coming out, but uh, at least to like his family and things like that, but he's intentionally been letting go of a lot of things, letting go of homophobia and, and, you know, all of these thoughts that he'd been raised with because he's looking around the world and seeing, well, I'm kind of on the wrong side here about some things and seeing these like slow intermittent sort of comings out of people who are like I don't fit in this box anymore Mm -hmm. and so I kind of have to learn how to be in a different box now is something that's really interesting to watch and I feel like is very very similar to the coming out process and it is work it is very hard um Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people it's very freeing and it is very like it's there's a sense of like relief that comes with this of like okay I feel I feel like I belong in this box now. I feel like I belong more in this space, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I think any c- person who has had to come out as queer in any way will say like, it never ends. Like you might come right. out to one person, um, but the coming out process is going to last as far as you, as long as you meet new people, right? It's always going mm-hmm. to be happening to you. Um, yeah. And as you grow as a person, you might choose to come out in different ways or you might react differently to other people's reactions, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think deconstructing or changing the way that you think about the world or moving more into a space of allyship is really similar to that Mm -hmm. in that it is hard and it is work and it is very, very introspective and you're making Mm -hmm. yourself very vulnerable and you are deciding to isolate yourself from views and people that are probably very comfortable I think a lot of particularly parents if your parents have raised you a particular way and you are deciding to move away from that you are now creating a rift and that is really 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 challenging yeah yeah absolutely and I don't I don't take that lightly like that's a very difficult thing to do and I admire people who do the work to do that um Mm -hmm. and decide to choose maybe a different community or you know, whatever that case may be. But yeah, there are a lot of, lot of, lot of similarities. And I think that Mm -hmm. um, while allyship, like you said, is not about the ally, there's so much introspection that has to be done and so much like self-criticism and like listening to yourself and really understanding where you're coming from that a lot of it is about you. Um, Mm -hmm. But the goal of it is about other people. The work is right. in you, but the goal yes. is for other people. Right. And when I said that at the beginning, I realized that as soon as I say that, somebody's going to be like, but it isn't about you, Michelle. And I, and yes, the work that we do as allies is not about us. We are, but we are not a marketing firm that was hired <laughs> for allyship. So our own personal walks as allies, our own, it's, it's deeply personal. The work that mm-hmm. I've done within myself to get to the point of being a public ally is incredibly personal. Mm-hmm. And that work is within me and about me. 
but the work that I do as an ally is not. So I just wanted to clarify. That yeah. It's a, it's, it's like a thin line, but yeah. 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 So it's, I'm never going to write a book about myself as an ally. That's what mm. I'm saying. Yeah. But my walk as an ally is incredibly personal to me. It wasn't something that I turn on and off because somebody hired me to be an ally. Cause you can't mm. really hire allies. You can hire PR firms and mm. marketing and those kinds of things, but it's not the same as doing true allyship yeah. and the work that an ally does. Another really cool example, which I think is even more kind of like a coming out. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find an actual link. link. Um, there's a really long-term YouTube show called Good Mythical Morning. And it's these two absolute weirdos. They've been best friends forever. And they're very similar to my friends that I mentioned earlier, right? They grew up in the church. That was their whole life, blah, 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 blah. And they both went through a reconstruction as adults. And they very publicly talk about their reconstruction after being public figures for like 10 years who are very out, quote unquote, as being, you know, about Christians, they went through these things internally, and then they have a podcast where they have multiple episodes talking about that. And I remembered mm-hmm. thinking that to me is so similar, is even more similar than my other examples to a coming out because you're coming mm-hmm. out to millions of people and mm-hmm. saying, We, you and I, as my audience, we may have had similar beliefs before. I don't believe those things anymore. And you're right. opening yourself up for criticism and attack. This is these people's livelihood now that could be affected by unsubscribes and views and all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it's another example to me of like, it is not an easy thing to do to come out as an ally sometimes because in a weird way, a lot of the time, what you believe does affect other people who are close mm-hmm. to you and care about you and at least those relationships you know, that does, those relationships sure. yeah and mm-hmm. that can have all kinds of weird ripple effects just like when you come out as queer can have all kinds of ripple effects on your yeah. life yeah when I this is this is kind of along those same lines when I was 12 years old my father sat me down and told me he did not want me to be upset with the woman he was going to marry as a second wife who had been his mistress okay mm. that's how he described her to me because he had been with dozens of other women while he was married to my mother. Hmm. So my father came out as a philanderer to me at 12 years old. Yeah. And, and I say that because the way that I interacted with him from the rest of my life, from that, my entire view of my dad changed with that information. So the way Hmm. we share information one to another is so important. And Hmm. You know, and, and he did it wrong. I'm not, I'm not suggesting <laughs> he did it right. I was 12 years old and it changed my view on men. It changed my view on so many things and really kind of effed me up in a lot of ways because here I was just learning about love as a 12 year old and mm-hmm. starting to think that boys were cute. And now I knew I couldn't trust them. Or at least that's mm-hmm. what that's what my father taught me. Right. So, yeah, how we share information about our journeys is also very important and knowing who we can trust and also who can understand us in a way, mm-hmm. right? So like a 12 year old shouldn't be have to understand that about their father. Yeah. And similarly about not only sexuality, but, and, and I don't think that, and I'm not saying don't talk to your kids about being gay because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about don't talk about the sex act itself necessarily if that child mm-hmm. is not ready to understand that um, 
or the relationship part of what my dad was doing. But mm-hmm. you have to understand the other person as well. And it isn't just about you. It's about those relationships and whether or not you're ready to ruin them or not in how mm-hmm. you come out as an ally, so to speak. Um, it's just it's just different, right? So it's it's all about relationships and how you broach those relationships, how you cherish them and and understanding how the other person receives information. You still have to speak your truth mm-hmm. when you are ready to speak your truth. Yeah. And I'm not telling anybody stay in the closet. I'm not telling anybody not to talk about who they are, but I'm just saying that you have to understand that sometimes people aren't ready to hear who you are. Yeah. And you have to be able to navigate that. And and that for me is true <clears throat> as an ally. And sometimes it's it is a very strategic choice about self-preservation. One of my best friends in high school came out to me as gay and I thought that was just wonderful and delightful and I was one of the only people that he told and it he told his mom and his sister but he did not tell his father because he was like if I tell my dad I will get kicked out of the house so I'm gonna wait until I'm off at college and then I'll come out to him and depending who you are and how you look at it, unfortunately, his father passed away before we went off to college. So his father passed away never knowing that his son was gay. And as far as I know, he has no regrets about that because he was like, you know, we never had to have that conversation. We never had to have that rift. You know, the end of that relationship was solid and, you know, as solid as it could be being in the closet from someone, but, you know, there wasn't, this these nasty harsh memories now associated with the end of his life you know mm-hmm. he died not knowing and mm-hmm. again not telling people to not come out but sometimes no. you know finding a strategic way yeah. thinking about like you said thinking about how the other person is going to feel sometimes mm-hmm. is the way is the way to do it and yeah yeah from what i understand too and you said something um very similar to this, and, and I'm going to kind of rift on that a little bit, is you said it's it's not a once and done, basically. Mm-hmm. It's also not just, I just decided and today as the day kind of thing. It, it's, it grows. And having those thoughts and those, and trying to decide who do you, and it's not like, like Ellen DeGeneres, right? Like there was that ma- magazine, I don't remember if it was Time Magazine or what it was, that had the coverage that said, yep, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she announced it to the whole world. But that wasn't, the first time she told somebody that I'm quite yeah. certain, you know, and there were, were people in her life that she came out to at different parts of her life, I'm sure. And it, she made a very public thing so that nobody was in the dark at all. She was a public figure. It's not necessarily like you, you opened that door and that was it. Everybody knows. So it's, it's just, I guess, be kind is the next part of that because you don't know where people are in their journey. You don't know, mm-hmm. Where And you may know that somebody is out to you and you might not know that they're not out to other people. Mm. It's never your job to tell somebody, somebody else's journey. And people, especially now in this generation where gender is becoming so much less binary, right? Um, People might come out as different things at different points, right? So Mm -hmm. I have a family friend who's, child um 
has been really struggling with their gender identity. And at first they kind of thought they were trans and then they were like, no, I've, I feel like I'm more in like the gender fluid space. And so they were toying with pronouns and they weren't sure what name they wanted. And it was a lot of like back and forth of like, okay, I'm this gender. And then a, a couple months later, it's like, actually, no, I'm both genders, but it depends on the day. And it's, it's for some people, it's not as simple as I'm going to put on a magazine what I am with full confidence. Um, exactly. Which, you know, the whole concept of pride can be really confusing for some people because it's like the idea of pride and pride parades and that whole like movement is like declare who you are openly and without fear and blah, blah, blah. And some people are like, well, I don't know what I am. So how am I supposed to declare to the world what I am when I'm not sure yet? And so like, I think it's important to understand that there are different sort of styles of coming out where sometimes it's, yes, I'm gay. And sometimes it's, I'm not what I thought I was. And so I am now coming out as somebody who is figuring that out. And what I need Mm -hmm. is patience, right? Yes. Um, To, to acknowledge that I might change my mind and that's okay. Um, I think that's really hard for some people to understand and figure out, especially like parents with their kids where it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I gave you a name and now you don't want it anymore. What's going on? Um, it can be really difficult. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is is acceptance and patience and kindness and all the stuff that we try to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I echo what Amy Schneider said. I hope everybody gets an opportunity to have that elation tinged with a little bit of fear and trepidation about coming out as something in your life and that it's a time of less tumultuous and more affirming of who you are as a person. I really want that for everybody to have that feeling of, I just, I did it. I told people I am who I am and I'm proud of who I am. Yeah. That like something in your identity has slotted into place and you can share that affirmation with somebody else, I think is really beautiful. It's hard to admit when you are no longer able to walk long distances, for example. The first time I had to go through an airport and could hardly make it through an airport, I thought, I, I'm not disabled. I don't want to be out as disabled. Hmm. And it takes a little while to acknowledge those things within yourself. The first time you have to wear a pair of glasses because you realize that your eyes don't work like they used to. So we all have to deal with things within our life that are transitional, right? And because we are not the same person we were at birth, at 10 years old, at 25 years old, at 50 years old, we, we morph as people. And so be kind to everybody because you don't know what their journey is. And you also don't know that what their exterior is matches what their interior is. Yeah, absolutely. Good topic. This is one of the first times where we got on the zoom and we were like, we know what we're going to talk about. We've known for like Let's two do weeks. Let's do it. We didn't have to talk about <laughs> exactly. it. We just launched into it. Wouldn't it be nice if Absolutely. every week was like that? <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I do love that we can just pick up um, on things of the day too sometimes and like, or just like, what are we going to talk about today and have those mm-hmm. conversations too. So, but this was yeah. fun. And uh, I hope whoever's listening that you understand sometimes my words actually don't match my intent. I think sometimes I feel like maybe I say things wrong, um, but my intent is always allyship and understanding and acceptance of others. And I hope that yours, not you, Allie, I know yours <laughs> is, but then our dear gentle, gentle listeners, we hope that yours is too. Absolutely.
Thank you for listening. Have a good one. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. The Blogsmith. The Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.